TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We do welcome you to the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. Sports talk and more. That's what we do in the Two Guys in a Mic Show. It's the big dog and the coach with one minor problem. And right now, we do not have the big dog via the phone lines. We're hoping to check in with him in a couple of minutes. But uh, phone lines are open. If you want to check in, you could play co-host. And uh, quite frankly, if you're good enough and you're entertaining enough and you're actually here on time, you might even take Joel's spot. Who knows? Give it a shot. 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888-463-6748. David Olson, our uh, producer today, TalkZone.com. And again, thanks for joining us. Uh, a lot of baseball action yesterday. Football is creeping into the sports mindset. What a beautiful creep it is. Kind of a weird terminology, but uh, yeah, what a beautiful creep indeed it is. College football now, most of the teams have uh, had their first workout. Some teams, I think, started last week. Some teams, opening day of official any anyways, you know, they got their summer workouts where they're practicing under the quote-unquote uh, supervision, but not coaching of the coaches. But the first official day of workouts was yesterday for a lot of college football teams, including my beloved Northwestern Wildcats. Starting to get a little purple passion, a little purple fever here for the uh, college football season. And the Cats, part of the Big Ten with 11 teams, soon to be 12 teams. Of course, the Chicago Bears are about a week into their training camp uh, up in Bourbonnet at beautiful Olivet Nazarene College. So we'll talk a little football for sure. Whatever city you might be listening to this fine show in via the webcast, uh, feel free to give us a call. Talk some football. You're starting to get a little football fever. We can bring your temperature down if you need to, if you're uh, you're up Early on, you get an early fever. It's starting to spike at like 102, 103, getting a little bit dangerous. The fever getting a little bit high. It's only, you know, mid-August, not even mid-August. It's early August. You don't want that fever to spike too early. Give us a call. We'll talk you down. We'll cool you down a little bit. On the other hand, if it's the opposite problem, if you're a big football fan, and because of the heat of the summer, summer activities, school hasn't started, no tinge of uh, coolness in the fall air just yet, and you need to... Start getting a little help with your football fever. Maybe you're down, you know, temperature to 97.4, a 98.1. You need a little boost. We'll do that for you, too. So either way, you need the temperature set. We will accomplish that on your football thermometer, 888-463-6748. We also got news off the sports page. We'll get into some of that as well. Uh, Basketball Hall of Fame inductees coming up Friday. Scotty Pippen making an interesting announcement. The Little League World Series. The Little League World Series, always right there for you. I noticed in my uh, TV listings, the, I think it's the Southern Regional ESPN's Little League World Series. That's always an interesting topic to bring up if we should be watching regional championships of 12-year-old kids. And um, a couple other things to bring up. By the way, we do have a golf outing coming up uh, this Thursday. I think we got the big dog on the line now. Let's welcome in Joel Radwanski, also known as the big dog. Joel, how are you? Uh, doing really, really, really well, Coach. And... uh 
you know what? You should have twelve uh, year olds on television playing baseball. Why not? With I mean, I'm, it, I'm glad it you said. I'm, I'm glad you said playing baseball. By the way, I started to get worked. Oh well, come on, coach. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm might mess around with other things, but with the kids, don't mess around with the kids. Are you serious though? You, you, you think uh, Little League World Series? You got no problems with a little uh, over marketing of the twelve? It used to be just the championship game, right? And that was yeah. kind of cool. Then all of a sudden they yeah. started to show, you know, all final eight teams. And now I think they're going out to the regional sites because cool. the ratings must be good enough in televising. I, I, I have a little, I enjoy watching it, but I got some mixed feelings about it. Well, the best way is it's amateur athletes. They don't have to pay the kids. So right there, the ratings don't even have to be as good because it's so cheap to put that particular product out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know what, coach? It's, it's feel good television. I love watching this stuff, and I have no problem with it. Yeah, I, well, I agree. It was feel-good television when it was just the championship game. And then all of a sudden it was a little bit less feel-good when we saw all, whatever it is, 10, 12, 14 games that lead to the elimination round, and now we're even getting the regional championships. You know, what next? Or, you know, Next year on uh, the Major League Baseball Network during slow times, are we going to you know, watch House League Baseball from Glenview, Illinois? The Pirates take on the Tigers. 12 and under house league baseball? Well, you know what? Uh, with the internet coming out, yes, you'll be able to watch everything on television soon. Mm-hmm. Everything, coach. So, you, you know what? It's, it's just the way it's going to be. As things are changing. Maybe it won't be on regular TV, but it'll be on, you know, dot TV, if you understand what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. that's not too far away. Within the next couple of years, you'll be able to watch everything. You'll be able to watch, uh, you know, like a, a bunch of, you know, five-year-olds at recess you'll be able to watch. So, you know, a little scary. A little scary. Well, you know, this show is being webcast. Now, you are mm-hmm. uh, doing the show, of course, from your palatial estates out in Aurora, Illinois. Unfortunately, we have not got the webcast from there. We're working on it, by the way. Our well, uh, talkzone.com electrical people, that in a matter of time, you will no longer be able to sit in the uh, comfort of your commode and do the show. We will be webcasting from your uh, house in the not-too-distant future, Big Dog. Coach, my commode is very, very comfortable, by the way. Well, I understand that. I just, it may be comfortable for you. I just don't know how comfortable it would be for people watching on a live webcast. It, so, it depends on your taste. Not really. I think I can say, I think I can speak for 99.42% of the people and say our taste would not be watching you do the show live webcast from your uh, bathroom facilities. On the other hand, there is that 0.61% that would probably enjoy it. Yeah, I worry about those people, Coach. Well, you probably you probably live with three out of five of those people. <laughs> I, I hope not, because they're not telling me about it then, and that's a little creepy. If you're new to the show, the big dog uh, living in a house with five, six, seven, it's kind of a rotating basis, but basically kind of a United Nations of, of folks out there, although you lost one of your clientele, didn't you? Yes, Mahmoud. Mahmoud? I lost Mahmoud. He went to Hawaii, and <sighs> I'm not really sure what he wants to do. Hopefully he's not like... Renting a, a blimp and taking pictures of the Air Force Base. I'd be a little bit worried about that. Okay. Mahmoud has moved to the Big Island. Yeah, he's been the only addition and subtraction of the original crew that moved in three years ago. So it's really not a rotating basis. Uh-huh. It's the same people that moved in here. So. Now now that Mahmoud, I love saying that just to get spit over the microphone for the next host that takes over the show. Uh, now that Mahmoud has moved out, has anyone stepped in and taken his place? Or her like place. Saying, no, no, it's it's the same people who moved in uh, three years ago when I bought the house. Right. It's the same exact people. 
uh, you know, I have people from all over the world, you know, China, mm-hmm. Mexico. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everywhere. Yeah. It's, and, it's, uh, it's, I heard like schools in the area will do field trips over to your house, uh, you know, just to give us a little United Nations, a little foreign aspect. You actually, at times, will host field trips from schools just at your house. Just to prove that people can get along, Coach. Yeah. That's exactly what we're doing. It's a great lesson. I appreciate it. It's a wonderful, wonderful lesson. That's beautiful. But now that Mahmoud has moved, wherever he was living, do you not have another room that uh, might be for sale? Uh, well, you know what? I'm now moving my old room, the one that I was using with Mahmoud. I'm going to turn that uh, into like uh, into a home. I mean, if somebody wants to move in, they can, but... Um, the best way I'm going to say it is you have to be like a millionaire, mm-hmm. and most and preferably female, and uh, alone and, and extremely randy. A million, so you got to have money, female, be on uh, your own, be alone, shall we say, and um, be of the Randolpho persuasion? Yes, exactly. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. If anybody uh, fits that particular, but would you take three out of four? Come on. Three out of four. Maybe. I think you get a lot yeah, more. Yeah, three out, I would definitely take okay. three out of four, but it would definitely have to be a female. <laughs> I don't want to. Say okay, that so thing. it's got to be a female, and then two of the other three would be acceptable. We could, you know, me and David Olson were talking before the show. We're looking for ways to boost the ratings, make the show more entertaining. I thought possibly having some kind of a contest on the air, and the winner, you know, would get an opportunity to be a roommate at the United Nations where you live. You know, that's not a bad idea. I though. think it's a great idea. Um, especially if we start webcasting from here. Yeah. Live you television. You know what you're going to get. Absolutely. Live, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, highlights from the laundry room the day before. It'll be exciting, thrilling webcast TV. If anybody's interested in that, uh, we, we may start a little uh, auction, if you will. You can always email us uh, at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. And, of course, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. By the way, the Mike2 is M-I-C and the number 2. So it's Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Big Dog, I started to say before you came on that we have a golf outing. It's not really a radio show golf outing, but the two of us will be golfing, hopefully, in a foursome coming up this Thursday to raise money for children's oncology services called Swinging for Kids. I have not played uh, 18, a regular golf course, in about four years, but I'm looking forward to connecting with you, and uh, maybe our nine irons can um, have breakfast together. Yeah, you haven't actually gone. Uh, let me see. You did MC the event two years ago. Yes, along with you. Yes, but we was didn't a go. A lot of fun. I, that was the most fun that I had. I think I'd rather MC the event than play. Well, I'm not very good, Coach. No. I don't, I don't even own golf clubs, so it's... The two of us will be uh, playing along with uh, assistant producer, uh, assistant co-host Brian Bauer, who comes on the air sometime. Brian, also a complete hacker on the golf course. And then the final part of our foursome is old radio producer Big John Palladian from our other station. Big John is the ringer of the four, Big John, because he, despite his rotund stature, can actually uh, hit the little white round ball. Yeah, he, he does. His game isn't very long, but it's straight, Coach. What about his golf? Well, he's actually, he's not very good at that, to be honest. <laughs> no, I heard he's very good, actually. Well, I don't know about very good, but he, well, he's good. He's definitely a, a million times better than me. Yeah, I've only played six times in my whole entire life. Yeah, compared and I've to. worse. 
as it's going on. Yeah. Now, hopefully, I'm only hoping uh, a couple of years ago we were out there. You said we had a lot of fun. If I recall, it was fun, but also a little dangerous because we were hooked up. We kind of had like an amateur electrician who set up the whole remote system for us, and it started to rain. And we're holding the microphone, and both of us got electrical shocks at time. Uh, it was fun, but it was also, if I recall correctly, a little dangerous with the rain and the wiring and the two of us schlemos out there uh, trying to announce. Coach, i got to be quite honest with you. I don't remember the electrical shock. That's because of the Bloody Mary girl. <laughs> you remember her? Yes. Yes, I, I do remember that, actually. Who was so, it? So it was, I, I did think it was just part of the whole uh, yeah. package. Breakfast, golf outing. I typically, you know, you know, I don't drink regularly at all, maybe uh, once or twice a week, and certainly never in the mornings, but uh, this was a morning outing, and there was the Bloody Mary girl, and our entrance fee had paid for uh, basically open bar, and I do recall one or two or five uh, Bloody Marys before the lunch bell rang. It was uh, it was a very long evening, if I, if I recall, Coach. Yeah. And I, the best thing about it, though, without a doubt, was the information that uh, that of Steve Ritchie. Did I get it right? Steve Ritchie, yes. Uh, that uh, he gave us the information about his buddies. So we actually had inside funny information yes. about people. So when they got in front of yeah. us and were golfing, we would bring up stories that happened to him 20 years ago that were real embarrassing, and they were not exactly prepared to have somebody yeah. with a microphone and a PA system no, no. blasting out personal information about them while they were playing. Yeah, golf. I, I don't know that it was appreciated. It was something funny we were going to try, that we were going to be like golf announcers out on the golf course, and you know, 98% of the people had no idea who we were. So there we were announcing, trying to make fun of people, and a few people, if I remember correct, took it. In the right spirit, but more than a few, big dog, not exactly thrilled with our presence. No, 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 no. It was it was great because there'd be people in a foursome, and when they would get up to us, three people would be laughing really hard, <laughs> and one person would be really upset, and the next thing you know, two people would be laughing hard, and two people, the next thing you know, all four would be mad at us. Yeah, but after an hour, we had had three or four Bloody Marys, and we really didn't care. No. <laughs> yeah. But it's all for a good cause. Children's Oncology Services, folks, if you want to check it out, there's still some openings for uh, folks. That, uh, if you're interested in golfing, you can do that. It's this Thursday, Poplar Creek Golf Course in Hoffman Estates. Check out the www.swingingforthekids.org website. And, again, all money raised going for children's cancer, uh, children's oncology services. So, Big Dog, you can drink and play golf, but it's all for a good cause. Uh, I, I do appreciate it. Play so, bad golf, yeah. I should say. Oh, the horrendous golf. Yes. I'm not even a hack. Yeah. It, it, it's bad. I I have, I don't know what it is. I just don't play that game. What would be more dangerous, uh, the foursome in front of you, the foursome in back of you, or the foursome on the whole to the side of you? I would say, yeah, definitely wherever way you slice. Is it okay. I, I, actually, I was so bad last time that I didn't even consistently slice. I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. When I used to consistently slice, it was a lot easier on my game because at least I knew where the ball was going. Mm-hmm. Now I have no idea. So yep. I, I just have no idea where that thing's going to go. I also slice. You, being a little bit larger individual than I am, your slice is about 100 yards down the course further than mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. But the two of us, basically, we tee off from one hole and then walk over to the fairway of another hole. You, you know, I, I had the the three guys that I played with last year all were like golfers, so that didn't exactly help. You know, my particular, and then all three of them are like, you, you know, you have a really nice looking swing. Mm-hmm. You just need to correct this. And all three of them had told me something different. Uh-huh. 
But they all said I had a nice swing, and all I right. only had one thing to correct. Right. But I'm like, these guys don't know what the heck they're talking about. They're messing me up. So <laughs> I will warn you, though, the first couple of holes, I will be good. Always happens. If I haven't played for a long time, maybe a year, a couple of years, almost consistently, now I'm putting pressure on myself, so I'll probably mess up the theory, but typically I'll go out there in the first hole or two, Big Dog. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'll hit some good shots, and you guys will probably think, wow. The coach was pulling a Lou Holtz on you. But then as the day wears on, the mental part of the game starts to hit in. And I can almost guarantee you by holes number 14 through 18, I will be um, a useless mess. But well, first, does that have anything to do with the Bloody Marys? or was it? No, game? no, that, that actually will hold true without the Bloody Mary. I don't know what the Bloody Marys might affect that adversely or reversely, but uh, no, that that's usually the case sans alcohol. So... If it's a, on the first hole, I might go birdie on you in the first hole. I'm just warning you in advance. Okay? Okay. Okay. Right. That's a – now, I, I uh, have only gotten one birdie in my whole entire life. Really? So, mm-hmm. One in your life? Well, I've only played six rounds of golf. So. In your life? Yes. I've only played six rounds of golf in my life. Wow. And uh, I've played one at Papa Creek last year. I've played one at the TPC at Sawgrass, the championship course. Mm-hmm. I've played that particular course, which is phenomenal. I've played a, the the number one public golf course in America, which is in Jacksonville. And I've played, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, the Ravine course in Tucson, which is one of the most famous. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've played at some of the greatest golf courses in America. Right. So for you, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. Oh, heck yeah. When I, uh, Six as funny, times. I told you the story before, and you said the exact same thing to me. It's pretty amazing. I've played at this, like, legitimately some of the top, like, 15, 20 golf courses in America. And, but I, I don't play very often. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever played golf, Coach, I was at Downers Grove uh, Public Course, and it was the Downers Grove North football players golf outing, you know, like, right in the middle of our summer camp. Mm-hmm. Not not the two-a-day part, but, like, right. the summer camp. A little, little team, team bonding type thing, a little break from the uh, the rigorous action. I understand that. Yeah. Six times. Now you're what, 35 years old? So let's say you don't go golfing till eight or nine. So we'll bring it down to uh, say 26 years. So you're averaging one round of golf in your life every three and a half years. Well, yeah. First, my first time I ever golfed. I'm actually 38. It's like once every three years I golf. That's about what it is. Once 38. Years. You don't look a day over 35. So I appreciate it, Coach. Well, I'll be 38 soon next month. So. Okay. Uh, but the second shot, the first shot that I, it dribbles off to the left. Okay. So my second shot, imagine, uh, I'm looking straight down the course mm-hmm. and directly a 90 degree angle, maybe not 90 degrees, maybe about 85. There's a tree about 20 feet away. Okay. <laughs> so my second shot ever, you know, I come down on the ball. The ball, instead of going straight, it goes to that 85 degree angle, a line shot right at the tree and it comes right back at me, coach. <laughs> Luckily, I was able to duck. I felt the ball like go right past uh, my right ear. Unbelievable! I mean, legitimately, I almost <laughs> lost the whole football season by getting hit in the eye with a golf ball. Thank goodness I'm, you I were in the. I almost myself on my second shot. That should have told me I should never do this. So. Wow. Well, you were in the middle of football practice, so your reaction time at that time was probably pretty good. Otherwise, you might be. Uh... You might not be with us today. That golf ball might have caught you square on the temple. Yeah, that wow. was right before my senior year, so I was 16 years old. 
you know, you know what I mean? If I'm 17, 18, if I'm, by the time I'm 22 and all this stuff that I had done to myself, there's no mm-hmm. way I would have had any reaction time left. Mm-hmm. By the way, you will notice in my uh, bag, I don't know if there's a you know law of how many clubs you can bring, but I always, uh, as a safety net, I always bring a Louisville Slugger wood, not aluminum, wood baseball bat. And I will bring a straight-edged old uh, hockey stick, a Stan Makita, circa 1964. And that is if my driving and my golf game gets really, really bad. I think I mentioned this to you before, Big Dog. As yeah. a baseball coach, long time, long time, my fungoing, not hitting. I was a bad baseball hitter. But I can fungo with the best of them. So when frustration hits that high level, I will bring on my Louisville Slugger wood bat. And I'll go, uh, I'll go baseball bat with the golf ball. I can hit it straighter, and I can hit it, I don't know about further, but I got more control. And that I, I, have, it, huh? I have no idea why, Coach, but I would have to agree, yes. But I've swung a bat I, probably a million different times in my life, and I've only swung a golf club like a thousand times. So. Mm-hmm. All right. And then on the uh, the putting green, if my putter goes bad, I bring out the hockey stick, and I tend to do better with that. So we're looking forward to it. Thursday, the big dog and the coach. Along with a couple other folks, again, anybody that wants to join that particular golf outing uh, for great cause. Steve Ritchie is the organizer, good friend of the program, and it's uh, Children's Oncology Services. That's who it is benefiting, www.swingingforthekids.org. We'll try to get Steve on the show tomorrow. should be a lot of fun, and I know you, me, and the Bloody Mary girl, if nobody else, Big Dog, the three of us are going to have an outstanding time. Yeah, I usually build a pretty good relationship with the Bloody Mary girl, yeah. I have to admit. You do indeed. You do indeed. All right, can we talk some sports? Uh, and by the way, after the first break, I hope you have, uh, and I'm going to help you out here because i got some notes, but your homework assignment from yesterday was now that football practices have started, and the high school kids start tomorrow, by the way, in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. you a long-time football guy of high school and college level, uh, we got some do's and some don'ts for the first week a football practice. So hopefully well, uh, you put together some notes on that, dog. Oh, oh, heck yeah, Coach. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, all right, that's coming up after the first break. Let's talk some baseball real quick. Get our phone number here, 888-463-6748. We mentioned yesterday's show, not a good weekend for Chicago baseball teams. They lost five out of six. Monday, big dog, it didn't start much better. Sox lose, and even though the coach went comfortably to sleep, with a 2 to nothing lead and Carlos Zambrano pitching pretty well, I woke up in the morning and found out um, not so good end for our beloved Cub. They lose at 11. Yeah, pretty well. Seven walks, Coach. I didn't get to see it because I was actually uh, busy trying to trying to make some money. Uh, but seven walks, was he getting squeezed by the umpire? Or was he, because uh, I was following it on my phone, or was it he just wild? Uh, you know, I don't know. I was watching a little bit of it. Uh, I think he it was him more wild than the umpire. Because I've noticed, I've really noticed that players that have bad attitudes don't get as many breaks as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, and I and I've noticed this year Zambrano's been squeezed. There's, I'm not making any type of excuse, people. I'm not doing that at all. But it just I'm saying, keep Zambrano needs to keep his attitude right because I swear mm-hmm. uh, umpires take it out on players that uh, tend to be pains in the butt. Do you remember, like, Dennis Rodman couldn't get a call when he was with the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, they they could be professional, but they're human also, and you get a guy with a... Yeah, so that can happen. I was kind of hitting my Zs as Z was rounding into form, so I really can't give you a full detail on it. The West Coast games, the older I get, Big Dog, tougher and tougher, but apparently, uh, even though he, he lost control pitching, he kept his control as far as uh, demeanor on the mound, which is at least a positive. 
Well, I, I certainly hope so. And he's got to figure out a way to pitch with intensity without losing control of his emotions. Mm-hmm. That's the fine line because he's a guy that pitches with emotion, okay? And I want him to pitch with emotion. I just want him to be able to to, to keep him in check in, in terms of losing, just losing it on the mound. And I'm not just talking about blowing up in the dugout. I'm talking about yelling at teammates when they, you know, they miss a grounder or something like that. He, he, I don't know. He just there's so much further that this kid has to come along. Mm-hmm. San Francisco knocks them off four to three in eleven innings. White Sox beaten by Baltimore. By the way, the Giants have one of my old favorite players. I actually thought he was retired from baseball, but apparently the career of Melky Cabrera continues. Uh, Melky now a San Francisco Giant. I don't know why, but I've always been a Melky Cabrera fan. Coach, he's under 30 years old. It's not like he's old. He's got not going to retire anytime soon. All right. I just, you know, I haven't heard, and it's obviously a very unique name, haven't heard him mention for a while. I thought maybe the career was over. Yeah, well, when you're a New York Yankee, you know, I can probably name all 25 guys on the New York Yankee roster, you know, mm-hmm. and, and some people, they couldn't even tell you two San Francisco Giants right now. Mm-hmm. That's, just how, that's just how it is. Tim Lincecum, and then they'll have to sit there. Well, everybody knows Kung Fu Panther. <laughs> so it's just funny how America and sports is. If you play for, if San Francisco is a major city, and if you played for the 49ers, everybody knows you. But when it comes to late night baseball and being on at nine o'clock mm-hmm. at night, you, you, people tend to forget that there's even baseball going on. You know, the Giants are having a pretty good race with the San Diego Padres. They have all season National League West. You still got Colorado and the Dodgers that might have a say in it before it's over. Giants, I think, up until yesterday's. Uh, comeback victory over the Cub again in 11 innings. They had lost four out of five, so they've been they've been a little streaky. Their down streaks not quite as bad as their up streaks. They've had some really, really good uh, winning streaks and winning runs, and you'll do that with a great pitching staff that they have. But I still think when all is said and done, San Francisco Giants are going to find their way ahead of the San Diego Padres. You know, Big Dog, I've been saying that since the start of the year. But uh, underrated, underrated team, in my opinion, this SF Giants. Yeah, and and I, I totally agree with what you said a, a minute earlier. Don't count out the Rockies, probably the Dodgers. I mean, I'm not. You can't count them out because they do have some talent over there. But that is a division where four teams are legitimately in the race. Mm-hmm. And we're talking where it's August 10th, so uh, the so National League West has had a lot of great comebacks over the last couple of years, and don't expect. Uh, I would expect another one this year. Yeah, Colorado Rockies had that uh, ridiculous streak, uh, what, about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, where they got on a run almost equivalent to their one, what, three, four years ago, where they went all the way to the World Series. One of the great, I don't think I'm overstating it when I say that particular streak was one of the great uh, streaks in baseball history. Or Colorado, okay. right? They came from back of, I don't know, 11, 12 back, won the division, won their first playoff game, won the pennant. They finally cooled off in the World Series. Uh, honestly, Coach, that particular streak it was just as good as the, the 1935 Cubs streak, who won. They won their last 21 games in order to, to clinch the National League pennant. Of course, they lost the World Series, but those two streaks are the greatest of all time. Now, the Colorado Rockies won like 21 of 22 games mm-hmm. in order to in order to get into the playoffs. But one of them was the one game play in, wasn't it? Uh, sounds good. Yeah, against uh, against San Diego, which is one of the greatest games that has ever been played. It was like when Matt Holiday slid and almost broke his face when mm-hmm. he was flying into home plate. Okay. Yeah, that 2007 season was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I remember another run, and I don't know what the percentage was. It certainly wasn't 21 out of 22, 
But in 1969, along with the Cub collapse, the New York Mets got on a ridiculous hot streak and, of course, overcame I don't know how many game lead the Cubs had. But that streak by the Mets, and it hurt so much more because we were Cub fans here, that was one of the better hot streaks I can remember in my baseball watching days. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a three-week streak, though, Coach. Yes, it was, it was like about a five or six-week exactly. streak. And, and they went something crazy like 42-8 and eight or mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. And 42-8 and eight is just as good as 21-1 and one if you think about it. Cause, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I, I wish I remember. They, well, I really don't care, actually, to be honest with you, because as a diehard Cub fan yeah. and the pain that I've seen the older Cub fans that I know, I really don't want to concentrate ever on the, the miracle Mets or the amazing Mets, whatever the heck well, they were called. I was, uh, at the time, I was 13 years old, a very impressionable teenager. It hit me hard. Big dog. And I will tell you this, every time my, uh, you know, as it is wont to do at age 13 or 14, every time the testosterone level kicked in a little bit too high, all I had to do was look at my pictures of a New York Met Ed Cranepool and Don Clendenin. And it brought the uh, testosterone, if you will, back down a little bit. It served as a good cooling off period, if you will. Now, what about Tommy Agee? Did you get feelings about him? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, no, the opposite feeling. Ed Cranepool and Don Clendenin would bring you down. Tom, uh, Tommy Agee, now that you mention him, might have been my first ever man crush. An attractive you young man. With the slightly. That's, p- huh? That's back in the 60s, coach, so. You're having a man crush, which is unusual, and well, you're crossing racial lines. That, that's pretty impressive. Though. I was, you know, I was ahead of my time. What can I tell you? Trendsetter. Well, <laughs> by the way, my most recent one, by the way, uh, will take place as the White Sox embark on a big, big series at home, taking on the Minnesota Twins. I'm all about Delman Young now, the Minnesota Twin uh, outfielder playing outstanding baseball. He is replaced. That, that outstanding, incredible. Yes. Incredible. Uh, he, he's. He's he's going to end up. I don't know. He wasn't July Player of the Month in the in the American League, but mm-hmm. he's continued it into August. So he's been ridiculous. So and the Minnesota Twins are playing a quality quality baseball as they are wont to do under Ronnie Gardenhire, best managed team in baseball. I would say him and Mike Sosha are the two managers that can take talent and make them play above the level that they should be playing more consistently than any two managers I can think of. Here the Twins are. I think they won 14 of their last 18. They're now tied with the White Sox. Big three-game series coming up. And Big Dog, they're two stars. Justin Morneau was out with a, what has he got, concussion, right? Yeah, concussion. Yeah, this is. And Joe Mauer's out with a bad back. So you got your two superstars sitting out in their stool playing winning baseball under pressure. The Twins getting it done. You know what, Coach? The Twins farm system stresses fundamentals. So. No matter what happens, even if you have your superstars out, you're going to have nine guys on the field that, that catch the ball, they run with it, they swing at strikes, and uh, they can situational hit. They they do all the little things properly, Coach, and that starts adding up. And, and you know, I've said it, you know, when Morneau and, and Maurer get back in this lineup, consistent, like when they're both in there, they're going to be a force to be wrecked with, especially if Delman Young keeps on hitting the ball at a, a 3.30 clip and a home run every 10 at bats. Is what he, what's, and he's been doing that for – about six weeks now. So now you've I mean, mentioned it before how the Twins, uh, the farm system is where they teach fundamentals, they teach smart baseball. All right, let me ask you this: What do the other teams teach? You know what, Coach? <laughs> I, I know exactly. I, I know what you mean, and, and it's a little strange, but they seem to stress it a lot more. Yes. You know what I mean? They would. They'd rather have a you know a five foot eleven, hundred eighty five pound guy that can run really well and catch the ball and and make contact. Then try to say, oh, this guy's a project, but he's six four, he's two sixty, and he can hit the ball a mile 
every other time he actually swings it and makes contact with it. Mm-hmm. it, 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 it the philosophy is a little bit different. They actually, it's like, I guess the best way to put it, well, you get like the, the well, he was great at the combine. Well, this guy can play football. They go to the guy that I can actually play baseball and mm-hmm. not like the potential yeah. type people. And the point you made is they emphasize it. People can teach it. But it's what you emphasize. I remember reading a basketball coaching book. I forget who bombed, but it stuck in the back of my mind. And he said, you, you, every team can't be good at everything. You are going to be good at what you emphasize at practice. Mm-hmm. And you you, you got to pick and choose what you emphasize. You can't be perfect at everything. But that's probably in a lot of teams. I think you nailed it on the head in your first statement. A lot of teams teach the fundamentals and the smart mental part of baseball. The Twins probably emphasize that part absolutely a little bit more than the others. The Piranhas have always yep. been good at running the bases. They've always been good at mm-hmm. fielding the ball. And and they never have, like, wild swingers. They always have patient, mm-hmm. yet aggressive hitters, like that they, they, they swing of strikes. And they, you know what? You, know, you stress that in rookie ball and then rookie ball and then single A and then single A and then double A and triple A, you know, because there's the different levels of mm-hmm. rookie and single A. And the next thing you know, you end up finding the players that can actually play that particular way. Should be and a lot you know, of fun. Sorry to interrupt you, big dog. Should be a lot of fun. Twins taking on the White Sox midweek, three game series. Not critical. Let's not get carried away. But it yeah, is it big. Yeah, it, it is. Huh? It's not like going to make or break the whole entire season, right. but it's a big, big, big series. No though. question about it. Scott Baker taking on Freddie Garcia, producer extraordinaire David Olson. Uh, any chance we might have tickets that we could give away here via the Talk Zone show? Any chance of that? No chance whatsoever. That's what I like about Dave. Joey doesn't beat around the bush. Yeah, well, is he 100% sure about that? He doesn't sound <laughs> sure, Coach. You know, I think instead of you, I think we should bring Dave to the golf out. I think Dave needs like about an hour and a half quality time with the Bloody Mary girl. You know what, Coach, that might be a good idea. We might just have to do that on <laughs> yes. Thursday, to be honest with you. Yes, even if he doesn't golf, he could just ride the cart with the Bloody Mary girl. I think it would be therapeutic for him. Loosen him okay. up a little bit. Not that. And maybe right. if we bring Dave Olson, it won't rain this year because it rains every year that we do this. It does seem to do that. 85 and sunny. That's the prediction. Hold, don't don't uh, hold your breath on that one. Scott Baker taking on Freddie Garcia today. Before we take a break, Big Dog, and come back with your uh, do's and don'ts of the first week of football practice, folks. We are an educational sports program, if nothing else. The Big Dog is going to educate you. I'm going to give you an assist, by the way. I actually wrote down a few things. But uh, real quick, tell the uh, listeners out there a little bit about Minnesota Twin Pitcher. Scott Anthanasius Baker. Uh, Coach, he likes to work slow. (laughs) He's the one. Normally everybody likes to work quickly, but this guy takes freaking forever. But he does, like everybody else, he likes to keep the ball down in the zone. He likes to get ahead in the count. And he definitely likes to change pace and change speeds with the batter. Wow. That's outstanding. Thank you, Ron Santo. You're welcome. All right, we'll take a quick break. The big dog back with his uh, news and notes, his homework assignment, talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic. Don't go anywhere. We're back in 44 seconds. We're on a tight schedule.
welcome you back. Part two of this one-hour extravaganza. And I use that word in the loosest possible sense of the term. One uh, second half coming up here. Uh, Big Dog and the Coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We do it each and every day, Monday through Friday. Five days a week, one hour a day, five and Toto. Wow. Poor Toto. Huh? Never mind. Oh, poor Toto. I thought you said four and Toto. By the way, Big Dog, before we get to your uh, homework assignment, my friend, we do got some new listeners. I want to throw a shout-out to, not individually, but as a group, a lot of new uh, listeners in the Omaha, Nebraska area. So, uh, you know, I spent a week out there last week. That's where I was gone. Uh, How many days were you there, though? <laughs> I spent a week out there in one day. Uh, coaching in the Maccabi games, very, very good experience. But, uh, big, big dog, say hello to our Omaha listeners out there. I told them a lot about you, so, uh, they're anticipating great things from you. Hi, y'all. <laughs> it's not the South. It's the Midwest. It well, is, the, it is the salt of the earth in Omaha. It is never been to Nebraska. It was my first time ever setting foot. In the fine state of Nebraska, never even drove through there. In Omaha, it's the salt of the earth. Well, the the only time I've ever been there was when I was uh, lucky enough to go to the 2003 uh, College World oh, Series. Oh, cool! Had a blast, and yes. the people in Nebraska uh, definitely treated. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, I definitely will go back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was you know kidding around about Nebraska. I because I guarantee you this, people in Nebraska, if you're listening, we are more than happy to have you into the Big Ten. Can't wait for all this to start, and we are rooting for you to win the Big 12 championship this year, yep. Coach. Yep. I've, I've, I have, you know, I'm a diehard Illinois fan, diehard Illinois fan. So, uh, but every once in a while, especially when they're going to be as bad as they are going to be in football this year, I got to mm-hmm. have some other type of love. So, my second love this year, just for one year, uh, Nebraska fans, because I am a diehard mm-hmm. Illinois fan, but is uh, I'm rooting for Nebraska football mm-hmm. to win the Big 12 championship, so they can bring a little momentum to the big time. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought I would hear more respond. Not that I talked to a ton of people about it, but the few Nebraskans that I brought up that were football fans, I, I, I expected more resentment. Like, it's too bad that we're leaving the Big 12. Most of them regretted the Oklahoma um, connection, the rivalry, but very few. They were, like, happy to get rid of Texas, and uh, there was less adverse thought. I was pretty much looking forward to getting into the Big Ten, and many of them were looking forward to traveling to some of the Big Ten cities. Yeah, Coach, you know, I, I try to, I, you know, I've tried to tell you this, and you always say I'm biased. It always drives, drives me crazy because I try to be as objective as possible because whenever I talk positively about something I like, you, you think I'm being, you know, I can't be objective. The Big Ten is the best conference in America. People, it's the most watched conference, and I know the SEC has the best football in the, in the, in the country, period. In the last couple of years, maybe the Big Ten hasn't been number two in, in terms of football. But it is the best conference when you go in terms of academics, overall athletics. Mm-hmm. There's no question. Nebraska, the Big 12 compared to the Big Ten, there's not, you can't even compare the two. So, uh, and, and Nebraska is probably the best, one of the best, uh, you know, universities in the Big 12. If there was anyone that I could have, that would probably be the first or second. So, uh, as you know, Nebraska fans, you are more, more than welcome to join our beloved conference. All right, and they're quality. I'm sure they appreciate that. Any of our uh, Omaha fans, you want to check in, throw a little love the way of the big dog, you can do that at 888-463-6748. David, if anybody calls from Omaha, please put them to the front of our not very busy line. Absolutely. Thank you, David Olson. Uh, now, and the people of Omaha, by the way, extremely, a very mellow city. 
Did you go at least by Rosenblatt Stadium, Coach? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And by the news, you know, where they're going to build the new stadium. Oh, and did you see that zoo that looks like a gigantic glass ball? The zoo? Yep. Well, funny you mention it, because I will give you a quick zoo story. The answer is yes. But let me just get back how mellow the city of Omaha is. It's just very, it's an easy place to live. I think there is a law that, like, it's against the law to commit a crime in Omaha. That's how mellow it is. Huh? Quite possibly. It's just, it's just, everybody is like easy going. There's like nobody, you know, on either end of the spectrum. Everybody's, it's just a nice, easy place to live. It's against the law to commit crime in Omaha. It's a very mellow place. I am, by no means, uh, targeting anybody that you were talking to. Uh It would, actually, after when I bring up fact, I'm probably going to be, I'm trying to reinforce this. Because, you know, either you're good or bad. Do you know there's like the most amount of Satan worshipers in America live in Nebraska? Did not know Percentage-wise. Okay. Percentage-wise. So, like, you're hanging out with the good people. And I'm, I guarantee you those good people are, are like, fantastic. But I, I'm not making this up. This like some strange thing. There's like a bunch of, like, Satan worship cults in, in Nebraska. I did not know that. As Johnny yeah, I, I did said. not know that until, like, six weeks ago. Uh-huh. But, uh, what but, ha- uh, what happened six weeks ago? You had a revelation? I think I was watching something on the History Channel. Oh, okay. All right. yeah, I just take that verbatim. If the History Channel says it, it must be true. That's what I appreciate about you. Football jock, uh, Big Dog Redwanski, still very worldly watching the History Channel on your spare time. Very, very impressive. Even if it's not true, it sounds impressive. Yes. Uh, now, you mentioned the zoo very quickly because we got to get to your homework assignment. But, yes, we did go to the zoo. We took a 1,000 teenage kids, 1,300 teenage kids to the zoo. In about 35 buses, they closed the zoo down and kept it open just for us. Uh, it was an outstanding zoo, a uh, link uh, in uh, Omaha. Only one problem. What's that, coach? We couldn't find any animals. It was like an animal. It was like a zoo without animals. One kid, though, and he happened to play for the Fort Lauderdale basketball team, and they were one of the teams we had to beat. And this was the first night of the games, and he ended up getting kicked out of the game. One kid did find some animals. You ready for this? Everybody nicknamed him the Lion Tamer. I didn't see it, but apparently this uh, 14-year-old kid, 15-year-old, uh, 13 or 14-year-old kid, climbs over the first barrier of the lion exhibit. It was kind of a low-level fence. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. He then goes. He then goes up to where the lions are in. I guess it's a fenced in post. And again, I didn't see it, but this is what I heard that he did. He took a, a long stick, took off his T-shirt, put the T-shirt at the end of a stick, stuck the stick through the lion's cage. And started taunting the lion. Apparently, the lion went after the stick, went after the T-shirt, ate the T-shirt, chewed it up. They might, apparently, that can kill a lion. So they might have to perform surgery on the lion. The kid was uh, was serious enough. They made the decision to send the kid home, back home to mommy and daddy in Fort Lauderdale. Well, he had already been kicked out of a football game. I mean, a basketball game, right? No, 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 no. He had not. No, he was well, kicked, I- he was kicked out because of the lion taming incident. Now, I, I, uh, first, I thought you were going to tell me, you know, like, you know, the kid got hurt by the lion. But he, to be quite honest with you, I was kind of hoping he did because kids like that should not be spreading their genes around the <laughs> around the world. Okay, are you kidding me? <laughs> the, what kind of idiot kid yeah. does something like that? Seriously, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of like crazy stuff as a kid. Crazy, crazy stuff. Do something like this, moronic. That's you're just trying to get attention. And, mm-hmm. Get attention doing something funny, make a joke or something like that. Yeah. 
Wow, so what, a, we, what a fool. So we did visit the zoo again. Wonderful zoo. I just uh, never saw any animals in the zoo. But outside of that, it was beautiful. All right. Can we move on? Thank you. And again, hello to all of our brand new listeners out in the Omaha, Nebraska area. All right, big dog. A lot of high school teams, uh, a lot of the youth of America are going to be starting football practice tomorrow. Some of them maybe started today in the next couple days. First day of high school practice. College kids. The college football team started yesterday, maybe late last week. NFL teams have been in it for a week. I asked you, uh, you know, without too much soft, I'll do a little bit of a homework assignment, some of the do's and don'ts, some of the key things, that particularly the younger players, the first-year guys, in the first week of football practice should do. What are some of the hints you can give to our young listeners out there? Oh, I can go on and on and on about First of all, before you go to your first practice, you have to do a couple of things. One is get into your uh, freezer and have it prepared for when you get home that night. Sleep. All right. Get as much sleep as. Big dog, we're going to put you on hold and see if we can get a reconnect right at the moment of truth. Right as the homework assignment is about to be revealed, we lose the big dog's connection. How's that? I think our, uh, a, a competing radio station might be sabotaging our show, Big Dog, uh, uh, David Olson. We'll see if we can get the dog back. 888-463-6748. The phone number, bad connection right there. David, I did write down a couple though. And these are more don'ts than do's, and this is spoken from a guy that uh, played one year, actually about a half a year of uh, junior high football. As a fine outside linebacker, I was very outside linebacker. I was such an outside linebacker that I was on the sidelines. That's how outside I was. But uh, right, I've got a couple written down, but I think we got the big dog back. Dog, do we got you back? Yes, yes. I was, right. I was, I was channeling, I was channeling Dick Buckus, coach. The problem was he wasn't dead. That's why there was so much static. Okay. Were you, you were handling him or channeling him? Channeling him. Okay. I got worried. I thought you said you were handling Dick Buckus. I would never be able to handle Dick Buckus, coach. I certainly hope not. We'll leave that to Mrs. Buckus. <laughs> All right. So uh, now uh, start from the top because I don't think we caught the first couple things. Yeah. Quite simply, the night before you go out, make sure to have plenty of ice ready in the refrigerator ice. or in the freezer. Okay. You're going to get some bumps and bruises, and trust me, after a football practice, you're not going to want to make it. Okay. okay. So you're going to want to have a bunch of that ready and prepared for you, ice bags, all that uh, typical stuff. Very good. Number two, that particular night, sleep as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. If you normally get six hours, get seven and a half. If you get seven and a half, try to get ten. If you get ten, well, maybe you should be you're sleeping way too okay. much in the first place. Plenty of ice, plenty of rest. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, and then the important thing is when it comes to the, the mental aspect, when you these workouts are so hard, Coach. At least they were when we used to have like the three days and two days back in the in the eighties. But a lot of times when you work out that particular hard, you tend to not want to eat. You've got to eat, even if you don't feel like eating, mm-hmm. eat as much as you possibly can. It helps uh, yeah. repairing your body, yeah. and, and it helps to the point that you don't lose too much weight and you stay being athletic because you don't want to go. Uh, you don't want to atrophy when you're playing. It's very. I mean. Yeah. You're putting your body through a lot of shock. Yeah. Not only the exercise, but the intense heat of August tends to take away the appetite a bit. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Okay. Absolutely. And um, drink as much as you possibly can. Now, hopefully you have coaches that take care of you, you know what I mean, and, and they're, they've learned that they're not to, to keep people away from the water, but mm-hmm. try to drink as much fluid before practice, too. Uh, it, it's good to stay hydrated the whole mm-hmm. way through, eat a lot of yep. fruit. And, and then when it comes to the, to the mental part, Coach, if you really, really, really love the game of football, just get through the first couple of weeks. Because yep. I promise you, if you love the game, 
don't quit after your ninth practice or something like that. Because you know, it's it's funny if you quit after the first practice, you weren't made to play football. And and I, I guarantee you, if you have eighty people who try out for your football team mm-hmm. after day one, there's only going to be sixty people there. At least twenty five percent of the team will quit after the first day when they realize this isn't what it looked like on television. Throw this a big is dog AM. Extremely difficult sport. We'll throw you a trivia question, and uh, throwing Big Dog a trivia question is like getting an automatic answer, because I'm sure you'll know the answer to it, but most famous preseason workouts that cut players in college football. What's the most? There's been a lot of them, but the most famous of those particular uh, incidents. Well, I, I, I don't understand the question, Coach. The most famous story. A preseason, you were just talking about, uh, you know, huh. eight, you know, 20 guys dropping out, 30 guys dropping out. The most famous story in college football about the first two weeks of training camp and guys dropping out. It, it's got to be the fact that they put them in a dorm room and they can't see women. Oh, no, a team, a particular team, a particular specific story. I don't know what it is, though. Yes, you do. How about they made a TV show about it, not a, a, a HBO. Oh, oh, thank oh, you. Okay, never mind, never mind. You're talking about, uh, uh, when uh, Bear Bryant Thank came you. to Texas A&M and yes. they had a bunch of the Junction Boys and they had a bunch of yep. per, like a lazy uh, entitlement-filled kid mm-hmm. and he decided to come in there and crack the whip. And it was funny because when he, when Bear Bryant got done with that particular team, there was only about 20 of them left. Yep. And they played the season with those guys. And those guys, they were horrible. They got destroyed. And the, everybody who remained on that team after that particular camp Played the rest of the way there, and they eventually won mm-hmm. the uh, the Southwest Conference Championship uh, under Bear Bryant, and Bear Bryant the, ended up getting the the Alabama Crimson Tide job. So. It was the beginning of the legend of one of the great football coaches of all time. And what he did is he boarded like three or four buses and took the kids off campus to some farmland way off campus, and absolutely probably did some stuff he shouldn't have been doing. But basically, just drilled and killed the kids, and, and uh, each day. Right, each day they would send a bus back to school for the kids that didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, exactly. And the at the end of it, at the end of it, the final bus that came back, he had the twenty, the twenty-five kids that he knew were going to be mentally tough enough to play. I think that's. I'm shocked and somewhat dismayed that you uh, were not able to come up with that story. Right I, I didn't like the way you put the question, Coach. I, I didn't thought you meant a specific drill. Yeah. Too, yeah. What I thought you meant, like yeah. some, that's what I thought you meant, like gassers okay. or uh, up downs or burpees or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure exactly what you meant by the burpees. Nobody does a burpee anymore. Are you sure? Oh man, burpees where you stand up, clap down, push ups up, clap. I'm pretty safe to say that. Uh, those are up downs and people still do them. Coach. I don't know about that. They're oh, certainly grass not drills. I was just calling them different names: grass drills, burpees, up downs, burpees. Uh, they still do them, coach. Okay, all right. Those, and those are hell. All right. Now I, I've got a few uh, don'ts. I got more don'ts than I do dudes. But any other uh, on your homework assignment so far? We have plenty of rest, plenty of ice. Make sure you eat despite the uh, lack of appetite and the heat. Uh, drink fluids, and, and the key is don't just drink during. But you got to replenish yourself. You know, a day before, two days before, three days before, and don't gulp. You want to sip at various times. Uh, and then the mentally, fight through those first few days. Very, very good advice. Any other uh, items, Big Dog, for the first week of football practice? Women weaken legs. Aha! That, that, that couldn't give you any better advice than that. People. Enough said. What about for a women's volleyball team? Women weaken legs. Would you not say men weaken legs? No, 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 definitely. They they give you an invigoration, Coach. 
I'm a little confused. It's a little different for women than men. It's, it works the exact way. The women drain you. The men, they actually uh, they, they give you the energy boost. <laughs> Our producer extraordinaire, David Olson, is giving me the signal. Either we're in a construction zone or it's time to move to another topic. Yeah, so any was... women figure skaters out there, <laughs> never, mind, never mind. Okay, yes, indeed. All right. I had written down a few big dog. And again, my football career lasted three quarters of a junior high season. And I You're started out. You a whole season, Coach? I, I was close. I think our team folded. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I started out at middle linebacker. I was then moved to outside linebacker. And while I think I mentioned while you, we had disconnected from you, I became so much of an outside linebacker, I kept getting moved more outside. I think towards the end of the year, I was just standing next to the coach. So it was yeah. a very brief career. But item one, do's and don'ts. Most of these are don'ts. Do not open the portalette or latrine door without knocking first. Um, yes, I guess I have to say, uh, Cause you it, might, you might have an offensive line. You know how the offensive linemen are. They don't bother locking the door. You don't knock. You might uh, have a site that might knock you out for the next couple of practices. So that's my don't. Especially if Thank you're a kicker. If you're a kicker yes. and you open the door on like yes. an offensive tackle, they, next thing you know, you'll be getting dunked head first into that portal. Yes. Uh, item number two on my don'ts. Do not grope or even unintendedly hug in an uncomfortable manner. The tackling dummy. Really? You're not supposed to do that? Item number three, and this is a key one, Big Dome. I'm surprised you did not bring, the, uh, bring this up. When you're at the buffet line, as I don't know if high school team, but the college and football teams, they got the you know special lunchroom. Don't diddle, daddle, and take too long at the buffet line. You need to move along. Take your food and move along quickly. Gotcha. Right? You yeah. got a hungry football player behind you. All right. I'm just trying to you know give you a little... Friendly advisor. Uh, number four, if you are going to get a hazing haircut, which can happen, if they are going to give you a hazing haircut, do not request the Tim Tebow. <laughs> I finally saw it, Coach. Boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that poor guy. It's a great look. Yeah, well, you know what? If, if He's got like 5 or $8 million guaranteed, and after seeing that haircut, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, he appeared to take it well. And that, that, sorry, that might be the best hazing haircut I've ever seen. If, best. He, put a, if he put a brown robe on, it really, it plus <laughs> the fact that he probably can quote the Bible. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that, it would have been fantastic. He needs to do that again. <laughs> uh, number five, do not, and feel free to disagree with me here, do not take a yellow highlighter and mark in the parts you like on the, in the brand new uh, football playbook. I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm just going to agree with you on that. Well, I would think some of the teammates might think that's a little uh, goody-goody as possible. Maybe not. What's 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 wrong with uh, actually trying to like make notes on your playbook? Okay, like I said, feel free to disagree. I just thought that was something a football player would not do. Again, I'm basing this on three quarters of a season as an outstanding junior high football player. Uh, Item six, whatever you do. On cut day, if they are making cuts, do not answer the phone and do not answer a knock on your door. <laughs> right? If they can't find you, maybe out of frustration, they you know they go to somebody else, or they forget. So sometimes they're not going to forget, coach. That's possible. No, I I, I I don't think so. Got a lot of players on the football team. It can happen. It can happen. All right, and uh, I think that's about all I got. Ready. I got a couple others, but uh, just a thought I would assist you on that particular level. But it is a, it's an interesting experience. Oh, you know one thing I do like, though? I want to put this in my do category and see if you agree with me here. 
when you run the wind sprints, whatever conditioning drills, I think it's a sign, very little sign, but little things are the indications of, uh, of, of little things are the hinges upon which big things occur. When you finish your running drills, the first three, four, five, six, seven guys to complete it, Cheer on. Don't just catch your breath and go get a drink of water. Stand on that line and cheer on the guys that are really struggling. Yeah, if you don't do that, that's how you build teamwork. That's yes. how you build yes. camaraderie, Coach. I couldn't agree with yeah. you more. Because you got guys that are going to be dying out there. If you are one of those guys that are in decent condition, uh, suck it up and help. As much pain as you may be at the end of it, uh, cheer on and, and, and encourage the rest of the guys who are literally dying at the finish line. All right. The music, yeah, we, we can't be at the end of the show. Already? Big Dog, I'm shocked and I'm dismayed. Somehow we got to get more than one hour in this particular program. Uh, well, well, hopefully we can figure this out because I, I definitely have at least two more hours of the stuff to talk about. No question about it. All right, Dog, thank you so much. Producer extraordinaire, David Olson, even though you cut us short today, I still love you. Thanks for everybody that listened out there. We much, much appreciate it. And uh, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back at 10, and we'll do it all over again. Have a great day.